This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about talking with professionals to give them the tools and the services that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today, we're going to learn so much. We're going to have so much fun, all sorts of good stuff, talking to an entrepreneur that started being an entrepreneur at an extremely young age and has been successful ever since then. And we're going to be talking about one of those things that we all let's be honest, folks, bury our heads in the sand about and try to ignore. And that's that little tiny thing called SEO. So please join me in welcoming Jeff Hall to our program today. Welcome, Jeff. Thank you so much, Deb. Great. Well, let me tell people about you. Jeff Hall never had a choice but to become an entrepreneur. At the age of seven, He sold candy because money meant escaping his life of poverty and neglect. At the age of 13, he he required, he acquired a reputation as a computer nerd at school quite by accident and began working on his school's computers. At 15, he began his own company, Overflow Cafe, in order to keep from being evicted from his home. And at 17, he was lying about his age to get the commercial lease for his first office. Remarkably, he is still helping new and small businesses become popular online with Overflow Cafe 23 years later. Oh my gosh. Uh, Welcome, welcome, Jeff. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm just getting over the flu, so I might cough once in a while. Well, you know, we all have these little things that, that happen on occasion. Yeah. Um, so let's let's take a step back. And, you know, without going into to all the details, you really were a successful entre- entrepreneur, not by choice, but because you absolutely had to be at a very young age. So before we go into talking about SEO and all of that other stuff, what were some lessons that you learned about becoming an entrepreneur? You know, um, I always tell people to get to profitability as fast as you can. Mm-hmm. When I started out, you know, nowadays when or when companies start out, they're able to, you know, they say, well, we're going to be profitable in, you know, three years from now or five right. years from now. And they just raise capital uh, to fund their operations. I didn't have that opportunity uh, back then. It was mm-hmm. weak an income right away. And so I had to do stuff that would bring in a profit uh, right away. So businesses, especially, you know, uh, entrepreneurs and solopreneurs, you're going to be a lot happier if your business is turning a profit um, as opposed to taking that risk of running losses for years on end. Right. You know, and I think many businesses, you know, there are crowdfunding and and venture capitalists and, and things like that. But So many times a small business owner, and I'm raising my hand here with this, we start off by going in debt. We use our own personal credit um, or our own personal money. I mean, you know, let's be honest. We like, you know, oh, well, I need business cards, so I'll just use my personal bank account to buy them, things like that. So, you know, how you obviously, I mean, somewhere you do have to start with something, but how do you, is there a difference between running a business with money and running it with no money? 
I mean, there is a, there is a difference and I've done, I've done it both ways now and there mm-hmm. is an upside and there's a downside. Uh, you know, the downside it, uh, now having money is we throw money at everything. Right. You know, we just throw money's the solution to everything. You know, it's not. Mm-hmm. But that's the way that sometimes I behave. Whereas before, when there was no money or little money, you know, I really had to sit down and innovate and, and really think about things. Mm-hmm. And so, um, at which actually leads to long term profitability. Right. Um, as opposed to now, where, you know, I, I, I do certain projects or I get involved in other businesses that will, you know, they'll run losses for, for years on end and, and then they'll become profitable. It's a, it's a ridiculous risk. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there, there is an upside and a downside and a big difference between having a lot of capital and not having capital. Right. You know, and we do, uh, you know, in many cases, want it, and obviously it depends on the business, but we want to do it ourselves. You know, we don't want to rely on venture capital or private investors or crowdfunding or, you know, all those various things. And it, you, because then we are kind of indebted to them. But using our own money, you know, as I said, isn't the best thing either. But we have to at least to get started. Um, and so, of course, the important thing is to get out of that as soon as possible. Um, I remember one of the best pieces of advice that I got, and I still give this, obviously, <clears throat> to people anytime I talk to them. Uh, one of the, the things that a, a business coach told me was when I set up my bank account and set it up right away, you know, don't wait, but set up your bank account as soon as you started your business because that was part of making it real. But she told me, set it up in a totally different bank than my personal account. And, and she said that way it makes it very difficult for the two funds to mix and mingle, Um, you know, and, 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 and to to truly set it up as a business entity, go to the secretary of state. Um, You're in Canada, so I'm not sure, you know, how you establish businesses there, but make it a real business as soon as possible because then it's real money that you're playing with. Um, And I shouldn't say playing. It's real money that you're using. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We have a similar system where we incorporate mm-hmm. uh, or register our businesses here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, and when we treat it as a real business, then other people think of it as a real business also. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the things she told me was, you know, get stationary, get real business cards. This was long enough ago <clears throat> that we still could print business cards that looked, you know, somewhat okay on our printers. And actually, you know, printers anymore are so good that, you know, we, we can do a better job. But yeah. You still know. Oh, they printed this at at home. They must be playing with it. You know, when you can get two hundred and fifty business cards for under ten bucks, folks, go and do that. Even if you are using your own personal money, get those business cards. Get that. You know those those names. You know, don't be operating just as Deb Creer. You know, have yeah. have your own. You know, make it a real business as soon as you possibly can. Oh, yeah. It's scary. I mean, I see people on both ends of the spectrum, people who won't spend the $10. They'll they'll say, well, you know, my business, I'm going to start a business that's going to make so much money. And and they won't spend the $10 to get a couple business cards. And then I know people on the opposite end that they'll they'll go crazy. They'll order 25,000 business cards. You know, and I'll say, whoa, whoa, you've gone overboard. You know, Mm -hmm. start with start with the minimum, you know, start Mm -hmm. with 250 or something like that. Don't have to get enough for the whole city. <laughs> right. 
Well, and it's funny because when I, you know, when I started my business, it was over 20 years ago and you, we still use the big offset printing presses. Yeah. And so when you ordered, you did order in quantity, you know, because it was just so much cheaper and you really couldn't, I mean, you know, if I told somebody, Hey, I only want a hundred brochures, they would have looked at me and said, no. Um, but the, the really funny thing is I still have a lot of those marketing materials <laughs> It, it, they don't have the right information, obviously, certainly not the right uh, location, you know, because I've moved from Colorado to, to Georgia, all these various things, but I paid so much for them. I have to keep them. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you know, throw <laughs> them out, <You> know? Yeah. <laughs> save one in a scrapbook and throw them out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I hear you. So you 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 started you know as I mentioned in your your bio you did several different things but then you started Overflow Cafe. Tell us why you started that business. You know, I was 15 years old, and my parents weren't uh, great with money, mm-hmm. and so um, they were earning money. They were employed, but they were really big into partying and the casino and so on. And so we had gotten. Uh, several months behind on our uh, rental payment, and we were about to be evicted. Oh. Now, I was already bringing in probably at by, at that age, 15, um, probably close to $1,000 a month, if not wow. north of $1,000, just doing various little businesses. And I was employed in, in, at a restaurant, and I, I was doing all kinds of stuff. I was working um, you know, dozens of hours a week while doing school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so most of that money was going to family bills. But uh, we, had, we had gotten into that trouble where we were going to be evicted and mm-hmm. we needed several thousand dollars. And my parents came to me, of course, and I said, oh, no, what am I going to do? Um, I'm going to have to do something on a grander scale mm-hmm. um, that can bring in some real money. And so Overflow Cafe was born and it was just based out of it's just based out of my bedroom, really. Right. Um, I. You were 15, after yeah, all. Yeah. yeah, I was 15. And it was crazy. I didn't have a computer. I didn't have a website. And I was helping people with their computers and their websites. Mm-hmm. And so it was just a, a really wild adventure. And I had one client who, my first client was a Kung Fu instructor here in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And he had a website. It was a very simple one-page website. Uh, and he uh, he says, Jeff, you know, can you uh, get me a whole bunch of brand new students? I said, okay, I'll try. And so, um, you know, I, I did it. Mm-hmm. I, I did it. I used um, I used my friend's computer. I used computers at the school. I even used the Kung Fu instructor's computer. And I figured it out, and I, I got him a bunch of new customers, and he recommended me to someone, and that person recommended me to someone. And uh, we ended up uh, earning enough profit where we didn't get evicted from our home. And uh, Mm -hmm. uh, I just kept on going with Overflow Cafe uh, with the full support of my parents because they loved all of the the income. Right. And uh, and I liked the the freedom of having uh, a lot of money. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and obviously, it's you know very difficult to have to grow up like that at at such an early age to really be an adult. But you you clearly turned it into something that was fantastic. I mean, you know, and and you're to be so commended for that because so many times things would not have gone well. Um, you know, people you know when when they're forced to earn an income at that early age, 
They don't do it necessarily, shall we say, legally. Um, and granted, you kind of maybe bent the rules a little bit, but you know, we're, we're talking about you know some things that that really could get you in trouble. Um, and you didn't do that. You you went down a path that is still a successful business today. And and I just love that story. Yeah, and there were opportunities to to do the wrong things. I mean, I I lived in a neighborhood uh, where you know kids my age they were dealing drugs and mm-hmm. they were doing stuff along those lines. And so those opportunities uh, always came uh, came along. And and I'd say no, no, you know that's that's not for me. I'm not into that. But I had a lot of uh, a lot of friends or a lot of uh, people that I knew from school mm-hmm. who did get involved in that lifestyle. Um, and so, uh, you know, it was, it was not easy having the pressure and having to make the right choices, uh, time and time again. Mm-hmm. Well, now, one of the things that I'm curious about is it, were you, it, you know, we, we mentioned the fact that Overflow Cafe is now 23 years old. Did you ever do other jobs or was this something that pretty much from the start was sustainable and it's, it's all you've done? Um, let me see. I did do other jobs in, uh, so the Overflow Cafe started in 1995. However, in 1997, uh, was it seven? 1998, sorry. I took a job at a, an auto parts factory because Overflow Cafe was expanding to the point where I couldn't afford to buy all the equipment that I needed mm-hmm. to do everything that I wanted to do just with the cash flow from the company because I needed to give so much money mm-hmm. over to my parents. You know, that's again one of the downsides of having to spend all the money that you're earning. Mm-hmm. And so I had to earn more. So I took um I took a job. It was just for a couple months just to shore up my finances. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that was it. That was the only time I, I ever had to do that. Once I turned uh, 18, um, you know, I sort of told my parents, okay, look, I, I don't want to be supporting you guys. <laughs> I love you, but. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, then, uh, and then that helped me to save a lot of money. And uh, I just used uh, the cash flow from the company to continue to fund our growth. Right. You know, and, and you got a physical location and then started having employees. And you have quite a few employees now. I was looking on your website, um, you know, and, and, and again, I mean, this is, you know, if, if you were here, we would say this was the American dream. Yeah. Um, but it, it truly is. I mean, you, you took this business, you had to, this is going to be a, like a movie of the week, we know. Um, it's going to be on Lifetime. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but, you know, and, and, but it is, you know, we, we kind of just, but... You know, so many times I think entrepreneurs struggle. I mean, obviously, you know, how yeah. many, they, they, I think the statistics are that half of small businesses go under within the first couple of oh, years. Yeah. Yeah. And clearly you had to make yours work. Um, you know, you, you had to. I mean, that was how you ate and, you know, yeah. things like that. But I think in many cases, we might give up easy. We might give up when we don't have to. Um, you know, and just because like, oh, it's hard, you know, yeah. and, 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 you know, somebody, you know, the other day, well, you know, our, when, and I, you know, I started my business over 20 years ago and, and literally the other day, somebody said, when are you going to go back into corporate America? Uh-huh. Like, why? You know, I like my business. I like doing what I'm doing. Um, you know, and, and so to take that business that you started at age 15 and still have it as a great business today, again, I think that's just remarkable. Yeah. And I mean, it's, 
it wasn't my original plan. I was going right. to go into uh, corporate finance or mm-hmm. something along those lines. And, you know, now I get to, um, with the profits from Overflow Cafe, I get to go into real estate and I, I do investments. And um, I don't know if you had a chance to check out my Kickstarter page, but I've participated in more than 250 Kickstarters. Oh, wow. So yeah, I love that kind of stuff. And I get to do a lot of the stuff that I love today Mm -hmm. uh, because of the struggles from, you know, over 20 years ago. Right. Well, and obviously the biggest thing is you truly appreciate it because you had to work so hard for it. Oh, yeah. It was nonstop. I mean, it was... it was a good thing that it started when I was young because, um, you know, I you had have, lots of energy. Yeah, I had <laughs> lots of energy, unlimited energy. I don't mm-hmm. have that today, unfortunately, but um, yeah. Great. Well, you know, let's talk about the primary focus of your business and that's SEO, which, you know, everybody knows is search engine optimization. But we all, you know, I think I said this at the start, we're all little ostriches. We bury our heads in the sand. We have our websites, you know, I, I, I joke about this usually every program where I'll be at some business function and somebody will come up to me and say, I don't have a website because I have a Facebook business page and I just want to go smack, 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 smack. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we have our websites, but we, we as, and I'm including myself in that, we don't truly optimize them so that they come up first, you know, or even on the first page, yeah. you know, all of these various things. And, and a big part of that is we don't know. We don't, I, we don't really care. You know, sometimes I think, you know, it's like, eh, well, I'm in there somewhere, um, you know, and, and, but SEO is still absolutely critical. I think most people, you know, they'll, they'll search for something and if it's not on the first page, they, they're done. I mean, yeah. you know, it used to be, I remember, you know, long ago, long ago, <clears throat> five or six years, you know, if you were on the first five pages of a Google search, you were doing pretty good. Now it really is, you know, if you're not on the very first page, people don't care. And, and, and you know, we don't have the time. We, yeah. we skip ahead, you know, we, we, now we might refine our search, um, you know, and, and things like that. But yeah, if you don't appear on that very first page, you're done for. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You're so right. And the thing is, you had mentioned, uh, you know, people that you know who have a Facebook business page. The problem there is that Facebook is in control right. of your business. It's not your toy. It's not yours versus you have your website. That's yours. You can mm-hmm. do anything you want and you can optimize it. You know, Facebook optimizes your page so mm-hmm. that they can make money. Right. You can optimize your website so that you make the most money. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and you are a firm that helps uh, small businesses do that. And of course, we get emails, we see Facebook ads, you know, all these various things on a daily basis. We can rank you on the first page. We absolutely (laughs) positively guarantee it. And one of the first things that I like about your site is you say it's not guaranteed. It doesn't always work. And and I love that, you know, because you're not the, we guarantee that within 10 minutes, you're going to be on the first page of, of Google. Yeah. It just doesn't work for everybody. I mean, there are businesses that are, they're on a a strong downtrend. Mm -hmm. You know, there are businesses who, we had a client who he spent his life savings buying up these bracelets, uh, these popular bracelets from the 90s. And he wanted to sell them and make hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I said, if you just take a look at this data, very few people are searching 
for these bracelets. Right. Now. These, these bracelets are available at the dollar store, two for a dollar. Oh, no. And you've spent a huge fortune buying an inventory, and you've come to us with this website, and you want us to to make the website number one. Well, we will make the website number one, but because there's such a small number of people worldwide searching for this product, even when you're number one, you're not going to sell very many. Mm -hmm. And he said, okay, that he didn't want to listen. He stuck with us. We made him number one. And you know, he's getting a certain number of visitors. He's selling bracelets, but it's not what he thought it was going to be like. Right because there just aren't that many customers. So, mm -hmm. you know, we can make someone number one and they're not going to make a fortune. And then other people, we, we can't make them number one because they just have a, a horrible, horrible concept or a mm -hmm. website that it doesn't even sell anything or, or, or anything. It's just an information-based website. And, mm -hmm. you know, we, we just can't help them. Right. Well, and one of the things that you do is before you work with someone, is is you said, you you research them. You look through all of their information. You know, this isn't the, you know, I'm going to click and give you my credit card and, and away we go right away type of things. You really do work with a business. So again, tell us more about what you're looking for when you're doing that initial review. Yeah, we want to work with a business that actually sells a product or a service. Mm -hmm. um, the ones that seem to do better with us are the ones that, uh, that, are service based. So you you're a plumber or an electrician or a house cleaner or mm -hmm. something along those lines. Those are the clients that we get uh, to the first page fastest. Right. But they're also the clients that see the highest conversion rate. So mm -hmm. their revenue goes up drastically. Now we have a lot of clients who sell products as well and they ship them, you know, either locally or in some cases internationally. They do okay, but it takes a lot longer, um, and uh, you know it's it's a lot more of an uphill battle mm -hmm. than if you're a service-based business that just services a local area. Right. Well, and I'm guessing that part of the reason why service-based businesses work so well is because people get very specific on what they're searching oh, yeah. for. Yep. Um, you know, clearly they're searching for a location and, you know, and, and it might even be, you know, a, a street address, you know, all of these various things. Yep. So when you've got that data in the website, it's going to find it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, somebody who's going to Google and typing in hair salon, you know, they want a hair salon really close to them. Right. Versus somebody who goes to Google and is searching for dog toys, mm -hmm. you know, they don't care where right. the it can dog be toys. shipped. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And so, uh, you know, we have clients who, who operate hair salons and they're doing ridiculously well. It's mm -hmm. easy for us because there's a location and it's, it is so easy these days to rank a website uh, that's location based. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, you know, I I just you know I we offer web design services as as one of the services that we do but I'll be honest I don't like to do that um but it, it was you know many years ago when the internet really first started that it was pretty easy you know you put in your keywords and you could put in your competitors that was always fun we did yeah. that for a while and then Google went eh, eh, eh. Yeah. <laughs> um but, you know, the, the problem now is that the algorithms change and they're called 
penguin and butterfly and you know yeah. all these various things. Yeah. So what are some of the current metrics that search engines and we're just going to you know yes there's Bing there's you know all these but we're just going to use the the word Google um as kind of the overall what are some of the the things that search engines use now to rank websites? Yeah, Google uh publishes uh Webmaster guidelines. Oh. And uh they say that they use well over 200 different metrics to rank a website. Holy cow. Yeah, so it's a lot of stuff. Their algorithm is over 1,500 pages of math. And our team, I've got a a team of some of the nicest nerds here. uh, (laughs) And we actually go through the process of reading through all Mm -hmm. of that stuff that Google publishes. And it's quite complicated, but... There are things like, does your, is your site secure? Does it have an SSL? Right. Um, how do you structure your links? Mm-hmm. How fast does your website or does your web page actually load? If, you, mm-hmm. if your competitor's page loads faster than, than yours, well, then Google's going to give a point to your competitor. Right. So um, the people who think, oh, I'm going to have lots and lots of oh high-resolution <laughs> images. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. Uh, we have clients who still have music on their website. Oh, and, and, and videos. Audio play videos. Yep, yeah. I was about to say. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how much time does a user spend on your website? We saw a website uh, back in February. Oh, I can't remember the website now, but it was a one-page website. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying, I've, you know, the the way that things are going, people have blogs with hundreds and hundreds of posts. This is a page, this is like a 1990s website mm-hmm. with one page and about 10,000 words of text. Holy smokes. That, that business did so well. And hmm. they, they earned tens of millions of dollars just in the first half mm-hmm. of this year. I mean, it, it was Unbelievable, and it was just a uh, it was black uh, black background with mm-hmm. white text. Unbelievably simple. And so, how much time do people spend on your website? If mm-hmm. people are reading, you know, fifteen minutes on your homepage, you're going to get tons and tons and tons of points from Google. Versus if they come to your website and they spend five seconds and they leave, you're mm-hmm. not going to gain any points. Now, what if? they go to your homepage and they immediately go to another page in your site. Yeah. So that's That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, As long as they're spending lots of time collectively on your website, the more time, the better. But if they're going to any page on your website and they're just clicking off completely, Mm -hmm. that's really, really bad. And so, you know, one of the major trends uh, in the past couple of years, everybody says blog, you know, write lots of blogs, write a blog Mm -hmm. every day. That was great a couple of years ago, but now Google's saying, well, if they're not spending time reading your blogs, mm-hmm. you know, if they're just spending five seconds, you're going to lose points. Right. So it's actually better to have less mm-hmm. and let the, let the user spend lots of time on your website. Mm-hmm. Well, and that was one of the things that, as you said, you know, we, we used to do or were told was <laughs> do something new on your site fairly often. You know, and, yeah. and that was having the blog post doing whatever, because then Google went, Ooh, look, this is, this is an ongoing entity, yeah. but you know, and, and obviously that's still good. I mean, the, yeah, the yeah. worst thing is if we look at a site and we go, well, wait a minute, this is the way it looked four years ago yeah. or four weeks ago, yeah. 
But if we're just going bing, bing off to something else, because I mean, clearly Google wants to give you the, the user the, the correct information so that you're staying there. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so I'm assuming that's why then if they bounce off to something else, Google goes, eh, eh, no, you, we, we didn't like that. You didn't like it. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I like things like videos and, and all of those things on websites, but not the autoplay. Oh, I hate those autoplay yeah. things. Um, but uh, that's going to be something, though, that is sticky, is if somebody's there and watching a video, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's just that you give your user the choice. Mm-hmm. You know, give them a snippet of information and, and then ask them, hey, could you click on this video and watch this entire video? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Now, you know, I, I mentioned keywords and those, you know, those are clearly things, especially for your location, you know, some, some things like that. But that was one of the things that we used to just stuff. I mean, we, lit, we really did call it keyword stuffing, yeah. where you put every single word somebody could possibly think of in the very first paragraph, which made it read horrible. Yeah. Um, but it was funny. I was talking with somebody the other day who did that on accident. They didn't really mean to. It was, you know, and, and but they had thought of, you know, 50 words that they thought somebody would be looking for on their website. And, and somehow that ended up being the entire first paragraph. It, so it made no sense. Um, but what, you know, how important are keywords? I mean, clearly Google is looking for those words in a search, but how do you appropriately use them? Yeah, well, you know, we've seen clients who on those first paragraphs, they'll talk about all kinds of things will be very poetic, mm-hmm. very artistic, and, and use such beautiful language, but they won't even talk about their business and, wh- and who they are and what they offer. Mm-hmm. And that is prime real estate that they're wasting. And we'll right. say, look, this is very beautiful, but I'll be honest with you, you know, just create a poetry page on your website. This needs to be talk about who you are, mm-hmm. where you are, and what you offer. Think about what your potential customer is typing into to Google. Mm-hmm. You know, when they click on that link, they want to go to your website and they want to see those exact words mm-hmm. on your website. You know, if, if, think about when you do your online shopping, you know, you type something in like like dog toys or, or, or something like that, and you don't want to land on a page that has poetry about dogs. You right. want to see some dog toys. Mm-hmm. You want to see maybe some pictures of dog toys. You want to see pricing. You want to see descriptions of dog toys or dog toy reviews or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. So you really want to think about what your customers are typing into Google and have those phrases intelligently on your website and so that they land on it and they say, yeah, this is exactly what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Well, and at the start, I mean, you know, you don't want it to to be something that is buried in there that they have to scroll and read yeah. because we have the attention span of a gnat. Yeah. And, you know, and, and if I don't, you know, now I've got a big monitor, but I also have my smartphone and, and a surface and, you know, all sorts of things. Yeah. If If I don't see whatever it is right away, then I'm gone. I'm on to the next thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We've got so many choices. You've got to make it very easy for your visitor to, and you know what, back in the days of of brick and mortar, and even today with brick and mortar, that's exactly how it is. Look at Walmart. They're always reorganizing their stores Mm -hmm. based on what they believe is the most popular thing. You walk into the store and they have a, they have certain products. When you go to the register, 
there are certain products mm -hmm. and they optimize the store in a way where they say, what are people most likely to buy when they're standing here? Mm -hmm. What are people most likely to buy when they're walking you know, to the register and so mm -hmm. on and so forth? And so you want to optimize your website so that as soon as somebody lands on it, they see the exact information that they want to see. And as they scroll down, you want to, well, what information do they want to see as they're scrolling down? Mm -hmm. Right. Well, and then the trick is that say they select dog toy X, then you suggest others. I mean, you know, Amazon does that. Walmart does that. All the big sites do that. You know, the, I like the customers also bought this feature. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so that's how you get past the, well, you know, I, I have 20 products and people are only buying one thing. Well, have you suggested that maybe they need this and this and this and how it can tie into that first product? Yeah, absolutely. And you also, what you've done there is you've given them an idea that even for the customers who can't afford to purchase all that other stuff, at least they know, hey, next month or two months from now, let me come back and buy this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and of course, what the big sites do is they remind you, this is what you bought. Would you like to buy it again? Yeah. Um, because, you know, we've shopped everywhere and we think, well, where did I get that? I mean, I can't tell you the number of times I've gone back to Amazon and found something that I ordered in the past, whether it's because I want to order it again or I've lost the instructions and I need, you know, yeah. whatever it is. And so to be able to go back and find that information is great also. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Now, you know, clearly a lot of, of websites can't do that, especially small business owners. But uh, you can, you know, you can do the suggestions of, you know, here's, you know, this product also goes well with this or, you know, and, and you can do that with services too. You know, you know yeah, say, well. I, I'm, I'm a speaker. So, you know, somebody clicks and they, they look at my speaking. Well, then have you also thought about this? You know, Deb has a book or, you know, something like that to, to keep them interested. Because again, it's, as you said, we want them to stay on the site as long as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're totally right. So what are some other techniques that we need to use? Because, you know, we're told, well, layouts change, colors change. How, does that even really pertain to search engines? Do they care? It really does. I mean, there are people who are still using, you know, uh, certain background colors, white text on a white background, trying to trick Google. Mm -hmm. you know, or they'll use super light gray on a white background trying to trick Google. It's really bad. Google looks at your font color. Mm -hmm. You look at your background color. Google looks at your font size. If you're using 25 different font sizes, that's bad. Right. You know, they look at, well, what's the biggest font on your page? Well, that's mm -hmm. going to be the most important. And what's the smallest font? We've seen customers who they'll put their most important information in the tiniest font mm -hmm. at the bottom of the page. Oh, no. And the, yeah, and the most useless information in huge font mm -hmm. up at the top of the page. It's, it's totally ridiculous. Right. We've seen customers use uh, – we had a client who used the Wingdings font, which is just bizarre – it's like Egyptian. Right. It's, it's the, the pictures. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's swearing at you, as we used to say. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember, you know, we were saying, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? You know, your customers can't read it. Mm -hmm. And she translated it for us. And we said, no, 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 please don't do that. Make it really easy mm -hmm. for your customers. Make it easy for Google. Don't, don't make it difficult. And then your business will grow. Right. You know, and I think that's the, the 
easiest way to that everybody needs to remember this. It really is keep it simple. Yeah. Um, you know, when we get so complicated and try and make it pretty and add everything in the world, you know, I, I had a client one time that told us that we absolutely positively had to do their site every page using, you know, flash because huh. they'd seen a competitor do it. Uh-huh. And it was like, no, you know, and, 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 and they really wanted us to basically copy that other site. Yeah. And we said, well, you don't want to do that because if they end up on that other site for whatever reason, they're going to buy from there. They're not yeah. going to recognize that it's a different site. Yeah. Um, you know, when it comes back to what I was saying, you know, where people used to hide and, you know, they still do obviously with, you know, tricks that, like you said, you know, white text on white, uh, white font on, on, you know, white backgrounds, they're putting the competitor names in, you know, hoping yeah. that, you know, if I search for Walmart, I'll, you know, my, my little, <laughs> you know, mom and pop place will come yeah. up. Yep. And, and customers are getting savvy and they get upset when they see that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, and so then they click off immediately and then that shows Google nap, right? That wasn't yeah. the right place. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like getting a down vote and, and you hurt yourself in the long run. It's better to keep it simple, mm-hmm. keep it very honest. And when you do that, you know, Google ends up rewarding you with better rankings and thus more visitors and hopefully more paying customers. Right. Now, you know, one of the things, and, and we maybe we've kind of been talking about this, but there's white hat and black hat SEO. You yeah. know, and, and we hear about white hat hackers and black hat hackers. Um, yeah. I, I love it. It's funny. The commercials that are running now will tell you if your information is on a black hat <laughs> site. I'm like, no, the, the reason it's a black hat site is you can't get there. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I'm like, Rah. but, um, but so what is the difference from an SEO perspective with white hat and black hat? Yeah. So, you know, black hat is just when you're, you are manipulating and trying to trick Google and so, uh, like we talked about before, Google publishes a guideline mm-hmm. of what they like to see and the right way and the wrong way to do things. And so, what a lot of people do is they realize, oh, well, if you do it the right way, it takes about a year to gain any real results mm-hmm. in Google. But if you do it the wrong way, you could get there in two months. Mm-hmm. Now, you'll lose everything because Google will catch you. And, and a lot of times they'll ban your website, at least temporarily. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet a lot of the, the SEO firms out there, they'll go and they'll promise, oh, yeah, we'll rank you number one in a couple weeks or a couple months. Mm-hmm. And then people get excited about it because they want it really fast and they end up losing long term. Right. It's a real shame. It's a real shame. But uh I mean, some examples uh, are like what we talked about before, stuffing your website with keywords, uh, you know, putting your competitors' names, using... Um, yeah, <laughs> See, using- I just went to a website and that's what one of those things that annoys me is when video automatically plays. <laughs> yeah, yep. Um, uh, using, uh, you know, font colors, uh, uh, you know, using font colors to blend in with the background and things like that. There's so many different things that people do um, uh, to their website that will totally hurt their website and uh, and they just don't get it and they don't, you know, they usually learn after they've been banned from mm-hmm. Right. Well, and, you know, we kind of, you know, I was joking a little bit when I was saying, you know, we're using the term Google generically because there are other search engines, yeah. but I'm assuming that they do 
you know, I mean, Google's the big dog. And, and as of right now, and probably for many years in the future, they control all of this. Yeah. So I'm kind of assuming that the other search engines pretty much follow suit. So it's not that you're you know, going to rate high in Bing and low in Google. It's, you know, they probably all pretty much play the same type of, of have the same type of rules. For the most part, yeah, the rules are relatively the same. Right now, the rankings, you actually can see um, a large difference in your rankings in Google, Yahoo, and Bing. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Their algorithms are slightly different, uh, but we believe that as time goes on, that'll level out and you will actually see very similar rankings Mm -hmm. across all three. Right. So... You know, it's it's interesting. I love the fact that you know, as as I was mentioning at the start, that you you don't guarantee things. You know, and and of course, one of the problems is the fact that we want to be number one on Google on wherever now. Yeah. Um, you know, I had a client one time that we launched their website on a Friday, and they called me livid. I mean, livid on Monday because they were still on page two. Oh. I'm like page, and this you know page two was really pretty darn That's good. Amazing, yeah. Now, you know, and and I tried to explain to them that there it 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 ha- it does take time. You know, there are spiders, there are all of those various things that you know are we you know we don't really understand, but Google uses them, yeah. and. You know, but but there are ways. I mean, clearly, you know, you can do advertising. I mean, that is one of the things that that Google likes is you know yeah. if you do some ads. Yeah. Um, but we're really talking about doing this more generically, and it takes time. It does. I, I can do you one better. We had a client who signed up, and you know, we tell everybody that this is about a year long process. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there are clients who are lucky and they get there, you know, within a couple months. But for overall, we like to tell people a year is a good, wise investment. Mm-hmm. We had a client who started yelling at us six hours after oh. he signed up. He oh, said, no. Yeah, he said, why am I not number one yet? Mm-hmm. We said, sir, did you bother to read right. any part of our website? Mm-hmm. You know, there's no company that's going to make you number one in six hours. Even if you go ahead and buy some ads, it takes time for mm-hmm. those ads to get approved. Right. And it's more than six hours. So nobody can do that for you. And he was so angry and upset. He's just like, oh, well, I heard that, you know, and he named off some big corporation. I heard this, co- this blah, 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 you know, corporation made uh, millions of dollars. And, I, and I'd say, yeah, after 10 years of hard work, mm-hmm. they made millions of dollars. You just started your website last week. Right. You know, and you signed up with us six hours ago. Mm-hmm. And so there are people with unrealistic expectations. Well, and it's just kind of in in general, you know. It it you have to network for a while before people start um, using your your product or services. You know all these various things. It takes time. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, you're right. Every once in a while, there's a fluke where somebody has something that you know is, is just like, whoa, how's you know that that just really took off. But yeah. that's like one in a bazillion gazillion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about some other things that are very important for, you know, high-ranking SEO. One of the terms is backlink. What the heck does that mean? Yeah, so backlink is, all that is, is just a link that points to your website or, or something mm-hmm. on your website. So let's say that I really like a website and I go to my Twitter and I say, hey guys, check out this website. Mm-hmm. And, I'll, and I'll post a link to the website. Oh, I read this amazing article. 
on this on this blog. And so I'll go and I'll tweet it. Well, that tweet will have a link, hopefully. And mm-hmm. that that's a backlink. Or if I have a blog and I say, hey, check this out. Look, look at this product that I just bought from this, you know, look at this cool product that I just bought, this lava lamp or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, and I and I put a link to it, and then all my viewers go and they they see the link and hopefully they click on it. So those links will give you authority in Google because Google and other search engines say, oh, lots of people are linking Mm -hmm. to this website. I guess this website must be important. The way that I like to explain it to beginners is I say, imagine if you're in a room with 100 people and everybody just stops and points towards you. Well, Uh you know what I mean? Then that uh, obviously you're important. Mm-hmm. Everybody's paying attention to Hopefully you. they're pointing for a good reason. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully <laughs> for a good reason because you could get some bad backlinks too. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so yeah, so backlinks are just links that are pointing to your website and hopefully they're coming from good websites that are credible and positive and hopefully uh, relevant or related mm-hmm. to your business. Right. It's interesting. I always look at the the statistics for this radio program, and one of the things is it shows where the the people are coming from. And for a long time, I thought, wow, I have all these people in California. And then it really dawned. It finally dawned on me that's Facebook. And so they were going and seeing our posts on Facebook, and then clicking through to the the, the radio program. Um, but that does kind of bring up, do, do things like link shorteners, so like Bitly, you know, things like that, does that mess up a, back, a backlink or does that still count? It does. You know, I'm sure that it gives you fractional points. Mm-hmm. Um, that it really is debatable. It's good to just have a full link. Okay. Um, but Google is able to follow the shorteners as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but usually having that full link is just a lot better. Well, and... You know, you're also looking at, you know, you know, say this this interview, you know, you would see www.thebusinesspowerhour.com slash Jeff Hall. Yeah. And so people are seeing, ooh, the Business Power Hour, and they're seeing Jeff Hall as opposed to bit.12345. Yeah. And people are more likely to click on that first one versus the bit.ly, which, you know, I've clicked on those uh, shortened links and it leads to a site that I wasn't expecting, mm-hmm. you know, so people can be devious with those links versus the, you know, uh, something that you can read. It, it's going to be a lot more trustworthy. Right. Well, and, and, and definitely that word trustworthy plays into it. You know, if I see a link on Facebook or, you know, I love the ones now where I get an email from somebody that I know, I'm putting that in quotes, and all it has is a link. I'm like, no, Mm. I'm not clicking there. Danger, danger, don't go there. But, you know, even on Facebook, if I see a Bitly link, and I know Bitly is a reputable backlink, you know, and, and, but there are lots of of link shorteners out there. But when I don't see the full name, I do hesitate to click. Um, And it's funny because I'm sitting here thinking, oh, we use Bitly for promoting our program. So we're going to stop doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, I'm, so I'm glad I asked that because some people, they do have very, very long URLs, especially, say, for a blog post or yeah. a product. I mean, it yeah. might be the, the, the name and then the product line and then the, the you know, you get several different um, hashes in there before you finally get to the, the actual product itself. 
Yeah, that's unfortunate. You you should really always try to keep it as short as possible, as short and as readable okay. um, as possible, because you want a clickable link. You want mm-hmm. a, a link that looks trustworthy, and you also want a link that search engines can really make sense out of. Okay. And and it can't make sense when it's you know gobbledygook or so far down in there that, that they they just kind of give up. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now you know one of the things that I also notice when I look at the stats for this radio program is the fact that we have quite a few listeners that are outside the United States. So how does SEO play into that? You know, if they're either trying to a sell products in the United States or you know it does. It, is Google worldwide search engine? I mean, how does it work internationally? Yeah, so they're actually, uh, China has its own search engine, um, and Google's actually the little guy. Uh, Russia has its own search engine. Mm-hmm. And so other, there are other countries where Google is actually uh, still just a startup and still mm. just struggling to survive. Interesting. Yeah, and so, um, you know, those websites, those search engines, um, it is a lot easier to rank in those places. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, you know, those search engines, they don't have the resources that Google has uh, to develop an algorithm. So they have very simplistic, um, you know, 90s style ranking algorithms. So there's huge marketplaces over there. And so a lot of companies are set up in the United States or in Canada, and they're seeing traffic from countries that they didn't expect Hmm. to get traffic from. And I always recommend capitalize on that traffic as best as you can while you can, because you never know what's going to happen in the future. Right. But if you're in, say, one of the more traditional countries, um, Europe, you know, some of the other Asian countries, South America, are they still really is Google the the big guy, the one that they're trying to to yeah. really make sure that they're um, optimizing for? They are, yeah, they are, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I find that interesting because I think many people might not realize that you know, and and it's funny because they you know are I'm assuming using Google, but when when they're doing their own searches. But sometimes they don't realize, oh, you know, hey, I, I need to make sure that I have optimized this. And it doesn't matter where they're selling their product. Google is who is doing the search. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, a lot of people are, you know, we tell all our clients, even if you do uh, service worldwide or you ship a product worldwide, please have some basic location information about mm-hmm. yourself on your website. Um, in the footer of the website or on a contact us page, and that will actually help to optimize your traffic. Okay. Uh, even if you if you want worldwide traffic, there are certain phrases that you can put on your website um, about where you ship to uh, or where you service that will help to optimize your traffic so that you get the clientele that you want. Mm-hmm. Well, and I find that interesting to to have that in there because. So many people, especially small business owners and entrepreneurs, are working from home. And so they don't want their home information out there. But if they just, you know, say myself, great example, you know, I really don't want to put my home address out there. It is out there. I mean, it's, you know, fairly easy for somebody to find if they're, you know, really trying hard at it. But if I just put, you know, say contact us and then, you know, had, you know, Wise Women Communications Atlanta, Georgia, yeah. that's still going to be sufficient? Absolutely. Put your city, your state, 
your country, put a, a zip code okay. if possible. Um, and I tell people, spell out your state name. Don't abbreviate. Because, right, because people abbreviate different. Yeah, people, and those abbreviations, by the way, mean different things in different languages and mm-hmm. in different countries. And so if you just spell out your state name, mm-hmm. um, you're again, you're making it really simple for Google and you're making it very difficult for there to be any kind of miscommunication. Right. Well, and I'm also assuming that you you might need to be a, a little bit more generic. You know, for example, I live in a very small suburb of of Atlanta that's actually not even a true city. It's not an entity. Um, and, you know, even though we have a, a mailing address that says that. So if I put that in there, nobody's going to search for that. Yeah. But if I put Atlanta, they're yeah. going to search for Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And if you put a zip code, you start showing up in maps, um, all kinds of good stuff starts happening. And Google really adds a couple points to you. And you'll what you'll notice is you will rank uh, better in the city that you've listed on Mm -hmm. your website. And it's so easy, you know, we have clients who say, well, we want to dominate the world. Mm -hmm. And I say, okay, start by dominating your city, right? It's so much easier. You dominate your city, then you'll dominate all the surrounding cities, then you'll dominate your state, then the country, and then the continent, and then we'll start. Then we could move on to the world, mm-hmm. you know. And then look, you're making money the entire way. Right. Versus if you want to just dominate the whole world, you're going to be frustrated and losing money the entire time. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, here's something that somebody just last week told me, and I just want to know, you know, from your perspective, if if it's true, they, you know, in many cases, we have a generic email address. And for a long time, it was info at, my insert your web name here. And they said info at is now starting to be frowned upon by Google. Is that true? Yeah. So, because of spam, um, I love that. And you know, yeah. I, I, it, this, this is great because I actually went in and changed one to, to not be info at. Yeah. It's really tough these days. And companies are having to, you know, these little things, every little thing is mm-hmm. a point for the search engines. Right. And they take a look at these things. You know, Google will actually take a look at the email address that you have on your contact page mm-hmm. and even the contact information on your contact page. Does it match? the who is information that you used when you registered your domain. Oh. And if it matches, you gain a couple of points. Right. And so it's it's so important to have um, you know, and yeah, you got to play that that game and jump through hoops where okay, they're frowning upon certain styles of email addresses, well you might have to make a switch over. Mm-hmm. Well, and I mentioned that because you have service at overflowcafe.com um, as opposed to info at. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm thinking maybe I need to change to contact us at or, you know, something like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we, we're trying to make it as it's a balancing act. Mm-hmm. It's a real balancing act because business is such a, it's a science and it's an art. And then it, it also becomes emotional Every time we make a change now, we have to think not just about Google, but our existing client base. Mm-hmm. You know, there have been times when we've changed our email address year, in years past, and we realized, uh-oh, a lot of our clients, they don't even look at the website anymore. They just email based on their memory. Right. You know, and we're in their address book, and they're going to be emailing 
Um, and so we, there's, it's, there's so much more to think about as mm-hmm. your business grows. Well, and you know, the nice thing is, depending on who your host is, you probably have lots of email addresses that are available to you. So, you know, if you stop using info at, you can still have it auto forward or, you know, something so that you're still getting those emails. Yeah, you can. Um, For some companies, they switch out their email addresses because they're getting so much spam. Right. That they think, you know, they don't even want to forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know companies that'll they'll change their email address, they'll change their phone number even mm-hmm. because they're so sick and tired of you know junk mail and, and solicitations and so on and so forth. So again, it's that balancing act. We want to do it too, but mm-hmm. we have so many clients that rely on on email that we're you know we're just really stuck right. as to what you know what we're going to do. We get so much junk mail every day. It's in the hundreds and hundreds of junk mails that are. Well, and it's funny because that it, it's it's one of those catch twenty twos. It means your information is out there and getting noticed yeah. <laughs> because yeah. it's being found, but at the same point, it's being found by you know the the things that you really don't want found. Yeah, yeah. Well, Jeff, we've only got a couple minutes left. So first, tell us a little bit more about Overflow Cafe and the services that you provide. Yeah, so Overflow Cafe makes websites popular. Um, we've got a small staff of 17 people. We've got uh, just north of 42,000 clients. Uh, we charge Wait a, a minute, flat- say that again. Because yeah. that was a big, impressive number. Yeah, so uh, 17 fantastic team members and uh, just a little bit more than 42,000 clients. Um, you know, one at a time. That's how mm-hmm. we gain them. And uh, we charge a flat fee. And we love working with solopreneurs and entrepreneurs and little mom and pop shops, you know, brand new companies and really tiny companies uh, that have a website. Mm-hmm. What we want to do is we want to help you get to, uh, to number one in Google for keywords that will actually make you money. So right. you get lots of visitors. And so that those visitors are actually buying whatever it is that you sell. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's basically it. Once we get you there, we just maintain and we help to keep your website uh, virus-free. We have to help to keep it in compliance with the major search engines. And, and that's it. It's an extraordinarily simple service. And um, we do a really good job. We can't help everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you sell a product or a service, that's a lot better than if you just run, uh, you know, some website that's giving out information about diet and, and stuff like that that doesn't really sell anything. Right. Uh, well, and I love that you don't have contracts and it's cancel any time. And folks, I'm not an affiliate. I don't get anything from this. Um, but it's a, it is an extremely reasonable cost, especially, you know, based on the fact that I get pitches every day for $1,000 a month yeah. or, you know, even, you know, several hundred dollars a month, you know, check out Overflow Cafe and it's just overflowcafe.com. Yeah. A lot of those uh, companies that charge hundreds of dollars a month, they end up, uh, outsourcing that work to us anyways. So <laughs> I love you might, it. You might as well bypass right. it. Go, go direct to the source. Yeah. Well, Jeff, you know, if for the, the, the business owner out there who's thinking, why can't I be found? What is one tip that hopefully they could implement fairly easily that will at least help a little bit? Yeah. Take a look at the words on your website. One of the biggest issues with customers that can't be found is we say, well, what do you want to be found for? What words? What phrase? And mm-hmm. they'll tell us the phrase, and we'll say, sir, that phrase doesn't even exist. 
It's and nowhere where, on your site. How are you going to rank for it? And they'll say, mm-hmm. oh. <laughs> Great. Well, and how many people, let's be honest, you know, show of virtual hands, even go to our own websites. When was the last time you looked at your own website and read it from the perspective of a prospective customer? Yeah. Great. Well, Jeff, this really has been informative. It's so funny. I've written myself several notes of things that um, I need to do. So you know, hopefully our listeners did the same thing. Um, again, you can be found at overflowcafe.com. How can they reach you? Yeah, so I've got uh, tons of social media. Just scroll all the way to the bottom of my website. I got the Instagram and Twitter and Kickstarter and and all this other kind of stuff. So go ahead and uh, contact me that way. Love responding to people. And uh, hopefully we could uh, work together. Perfect, perfect. Well, I am Deb Creer. I've been having a fabulous time talking about SEO. Who would have thought? But great time talking about SEO and other things with Jeff Hall. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. You've been listening to C-Suite Radio. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.